Hello, you're listening to the Simmons Clean Energy Podcast, a series of podcasts we've started in the run-up to COP26. COP26 is taking place now in Glasgow as we speak. My name is Alex Bloomfield. I'm a partner in the Simmons and Simmons Energy, Natural Resources and Infrastructure team based in London. In this episode, we're covering Ukraine. Green energy and decarbonisation is a high priority for Ukraine, and this is evidenced by the presence of Ukraine's President Zelensky in Glasgow this week. Ukraine is one of the pioneers among former Soviet countries in developing renewable energy. For example, introduced a feed-in tariff in 2009 and is now in a transition phase, catching up with recent developments moving away from feed-in tariffs towards corporate PPAs and trading in open electricity markets. In recent years, Ukraine has been one of the fastest growing renewables markets in Europe. It also offers the potential for large-scale projects that few other countries in Europe have. Personally, I've been working intensely, intensively on renewable energy projects in Ukraine for the last more than four years, and during that time I've become a passionate advocate of Ukraine's potential in this space. And with me today is my friend Alexei Feliev, who's the managing partner of Integrity's law firm in Ukraine and the head of the Integrity's energy team and climate change task force. Alexei, can you tell us please a little about your experience in renewable energy projects? Um, thank you, Alex. It's uh, it's great to talk to you on this podcast. Um, Integrities has leading position in the regional market in supporting renewables energy projects. Um, I've personally been advising on renewables for more than a decade, and the firm represents the biggest international developers in Ukraine with a cumulative commitment of three plus gigawatt of wind and solar projects in Ukraine. And the total deal value of the project we supported um, in our in energy practice exceeds 3 billion euro. Among our long-standing clients, uh, I would like to mention Emergy, which is the former Norwegian NBT, uh, French Total Ren, Norwegian Scatec Solar, um, Eurocape, Longwing, G Capital, we also have Renewables and United Greens. And we closely work with you, Alex, uh, and uh, and your team at Simmons uh, on all but one of these clients I have just mentioned. Um, and maybe just to give an impression and to highlight a few flagship projects uh, we've done um, to get a feeling of the Ukrainian renewables market. Um, I certainly would mention 250 megawatt Sevash wind farm worth 376 million euro. Um, we consulted here on a with you, um, Alex, on a first non-recourse high-scale project financing in alternative energy in Ukraine. And the project was fully financed by this syndicate of eight development finance institutions um, led by BRD. Um, this was actually the first large-scale limited recourse financing for renewables energy project in Ukraine. And at the moment, all 63 wind turbines um, have been successfully um, been constructed, commissioned, and awarded with a feed-in tariff. Uh, we've been working now on another high-scale onshore wind farm project of 792.5 megawatt, which is called Zofia project developed by Emergy, um, and which involves novel construction phase green bond financing. Um, I would also like to mention the 98 megawatt first phase out of 500 megawatt wind farm project worth 1 billion um, USD dollars uh, developed by Eurocape Longwing and VLC in cooperation with VLCR 
and with long-term financing and political risk insurance provided by DFC, uh, which is the former OPIC. Um, and finally, on the solar power plants, um, we advised nine solar power plants in Ukraine, totaling 336 megawatt, involving approximately 318 million of euro of lenders' total commitments and equity contribution uh, by Skatec Solar, Norwegian developer, um, acting on this project for them. And in addition, I would like to mention that this drive in the, in the renewable sector, which I just mentioned, and the energy transition, uh, more broadly, as well as Ukrainian commitments in this space, um, we established in the firm the Climate Change Task Force, which is a unique initiative here on the local market to help our clients with a response to economic and business challenges related to the climate change and in particular green energy transformation, European Green Deal 2050 and decarbonization of businesses. Great. Thanks very much, Alexi. Hopefully our listeners get a good feel for just how active the market's been in recent years from what you've just described. Um, to start off, can you tell us a little bit about the Ukrainian government's renewables and net zero or decarbonisation targets? Uh, sure. Uh, we have actually both in Ukraine. We have uh, renewables targets and we have um, decarbonisation targets. So renewables targets comprise today of 12% of overall um, energy supply um, by 2025, and we expect to have 35% by 2035, which is the according to the approved energy strategy of Ukraine until 2035. And in addition, Ukraine announced um, a view um, up to 2050 on the green energy transition concept, which is aiming at 100% green electricity um, being generated by 2050 and this is fully aligned with the European Green Deal according to which the European continent shall become climate neutral by 2050. Um, as regards the decarbonization targets, we have also nationally determined, uh, determined contribution under the Paris Agreement um, in Ukraine. Uh, where Ukraine undertaken uh, to decrease the CO2 emissions by 35% to the level of um, 1990. So these targets have been approved now by Ukrainian government and um, is replicated in the Ukrainian climate policy targets um, for 2030. Alexei, where's Ukraine up to in actually achieving those targets? And, and what's the technology currently dominating the Ukrainian renewables landscape? And do you expect this to change at all over the next decade? Um, so, as I mentioned, by 2025, 20, uh, we want to have 12%. Now, by October 2021, uh, there were almost 8 gigawatt of installed renewables capacity on the grid. We have actually more, but uh, some of them are left at the occupied territories in Crimea and the eastern uh, Ukraine. So today the solar has dominated Ukraine renewables landscape clearly with 6 gigawatt installed capacity and only 1.5 gigawatt wind farms. The reason for this has been the, the high feed-in tariff for solar and probably longer development 
um, time uh, required for wind. Since there is no uh, more feed-in tariff support scheme for solar, we expect wind to catch up with solar partly because the feed-in tariff is still available for the projects, uh, wind projects which are commissioned in 2021 and 2022. And because the Ukraine naturally in the south um, has um, available great wind resources, in particular on the Black and Azov Seas. Um, also, I would like to mention the technical offshore wind potential, according to IRENA, is estimated in Ukraine at 320 gigawatt of capacity. Um, still to mention that today there is no offshore wind farms developed, mainly because um, to an abundance of available land for um, onshore wind farms, but that's for sure um, is going to change in the near future. Thanks, Alexei. We, we've mentioned already that Ukraine's had a feed-in tariff program as far back as 2009. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that feed-in tariff program and, and also whether there are any other routes to market for renewables projects in Ukraine? Uh, sure. So, indeed, the most renewables um, projects in Ukraine during recent years have been developed based on the feed-in tariff which has been introduced in Ukraine back in 2009. Um, the feed-in tariff has been available um, actually today only for wind farms uh, to be commissioned in 2021 and 2022. There is no more feed-in tariff uh, for solar. So as a natural transition um, from feed-in tariff, uh, there has been a law uh, put in place for auctions um, However, no auctions um, have taken uh, place so far, and mainly because the government is struggling to pay the producers under the feed-in tariff scheme and is unwilling really to be exposed even more financially. So um, this, and because we, um, uh, we don't really expect high-scale auction projects in the near future, we expect that corporate PPAs to become the most important route to market for renewables project in coming years. But, Alexei, what are some of the main obstacles currently facing renewable energy project development and construction in Ukraine? Uh, oh, you will be probably surprised, but these are not the typical, um, typical obstacles which you would hear in many countries like permitting procedures. Permitting procedures are very straightforward and they've been simplified over the last years facilitating easier conversion of agricultural land, for example, to, to energy production. Uh, grid connection is also not that difficult, it's rather a straightforward process. Um, An improvement is rather needed in the grid infrastructure, especially the need for more storage and better integrate intermittent renewables such as wind and uh, solar into the grid. Um, the main obstacle right now for new renewables project in Ukraine is clearly a lack of bankable route to market. Um, given the expiry of the feed-in tariff scheme, uh, given that there were no significant auction um, programs, and as such, many developers are looking for corporate PPAs, but today there have not been any corporate PPA for renewables projects done in Ukraine because they were done based on the feed-in tariff. So, if you speak about the future, the main challenge for corporate PPAs to come is the 
um, immature electricity market, clearly. The electricity market was introduced only in the summer of 2019, so it, it is just two years old. There are no established traders who could be accepted by project finance banks as long-term off-takers. And there is also no um, guarantee of origin issuing mechanism. Um, back already in 2012, Ukraine committed to implement the mechanism of issuing GEOs to comply with the requirements of the EU Renewables Energy Directives. And uh, recently, the Ministry of Energy announced to begin the development of the relevant draft of the decree and expects to finish this document soon. Um, we actually expect that uh, the, the relevant regulations um, will mirror the EU Renewables Energy Directives um, on the requirements for issuing the guarantees of origin, and we hope that they will be adopted in 2022 latest. Um, would like also to mention the International Renewables Energy Certificates, um, uh, so-called IREC certificates, have also not been available in Ukraine yet. We know, however, that IREC Standards Foundation uh, is in discussion with local players in Ukraine for issuance of IREC in Ukraine. So hopefully next year in 2022, we might see both the GEOs and the IREC certificates in Ukraine. That, that would be great to see, Alexi, and certainly give a give a fresh push to corporate PPAs, which I think is um, pretty important for the next stage of development of renewables in Ukraine. Um, are there any other key legislative or policy updates in the pipeline that may affect the pace of deployment of renewables in Ukraine? Oh, there are a few. Um, I would like to mention the uh, feed-in tar feed tariff premium draft law. So this is actually a governmental initiative where the government wants to move um, existing project already benefiting from the feed-in tariff scheme to a feed-in premium scheme. Um, this draft has been published and um, uh, ex expected to be passed soon. Um, the feed-in tariff premium shall be calculated uh, by multiplication of the net output of the producer um, and the difference between the applicable feed-in tariff and the average market price, which may not be lower than the price on the day-ahead market or the average price under the bilateral contracts. So this, although this um, law is projected on the existing feed-in tariff generation only, so hence it will be more or less the restructuring of the existing feed-in tariff scheme. Indirectly, we believe it will facilitate the placement of corporate PPAs as the law will establish um, a legal framework for contracts for difference. So once introduced, it should be easier to transact virtual and synthetic PPAs, which as a tool should be then more understandable for the regulator and involved authorities. Um, another initiative I would like to mention, which clearly will influence the renewables development is uh, a law on energy storage which have no regulations so far as an integral part of the electricity network. Further, the government is intending to introduce competitive procedure for development of storage facilities for balancing purposes, which is again uh, demanding Ukraine in order to promote more renewables into the grid. Thanks, Alexei. It certainly sounds like there's plenty of regulatory change afoot, which is going to encourage the further development of renewables and, and in addition, the storage needed to support that. Great to see. Um, as we mentioned, COP26 is now underway in Glasgow. What positive outcomes are you personally hoping to see come out of the talks in Glasgow? 
Oh, hopefully we will see scaling up finance and support for developing countries like Ukraine, um, which has been announced as the one of the main aims uh, of COP26 negotiations. Um, we expect um, that the negotiations in Glasgow would result in further investment into green energy transition of development countries, um, as they are as they are highly highly appreciated and needed there. Um, we also expect enhanced obligation on CO2 emission and as a result promotion of green electricity and green hydrogen. Um, and here Ukraine's technical offshore wind potential, which I just mentioned, is estimated at 320 gigawatts, for which reason Ukraine um, is expected to become the main partner of green hydrogen to the EU. So in, in particular, Europe expects Ukraine to install around 10 gigawatt of electrolyzer capacity, 2.5 for domestic consumption and 7.5 to be exported to the EU. So we hope that um, COP26 negotiations will help to release this great Ukrainian potential in both offshore wind and in the green hydrogen. Fantastic. Um, that's all we have time for today. Thanks very much to you, Alexi, for taking part in our podcast series and for being such a fantastic ambassador for the clean energy transition in Ukraine. Ukraine's a clean energy market that's had its challenges in recent years, but I'm confident those challenges will be overcome and that the market promises to be one of Europe's most active in the coming years. Please keep an eye out for the next episode in our clean energy podcast series on LinkedIn, our website, Spotify and Apple Music. 